Today on the Profitable Tradie Podcast. A small time invested can save a large time wasted. It was a, it was a complete balls up and you've yeah. got to redo the job. So instead of the job costing you $2,000, it now costs you $4,000. Yeah. What's the revenue? Still three and a half. Three and a half. Uh, that's before you've paid any overheads or anything. You're down 500 bucks on the job. It really sucks, but uh, we're not finished yet. No. <laughs> because but the wait, next there's thing- more. We've all had the situation where a job goes wrong and our team makes a mistake that requires some remedial work to put it right. It's frustrating and annoying. But most business owners have no idea how much money rework actually costs them. Tune into this week's podcast where we dig into the unbelievable cost that rework has on the profitability of your business and some suggestions to stop this profit-eating curse. You're listening to the Profitable Tradie Podcast, where we'll help you turn your business into a money-making machine. We know you're busy, so we'll make it worth your time. Thanks for tuning in. And remember, time is money, and we're here to help you make more of both. So hit the follow button, and let's get started. To the podcast. All righty, we're at the podcast, and it's Tony Fraser-Jones here, uh, the host of the Profitable Trading Podcast, hanging out with my uh, good buddy, Smil, Smil Smith. Smil, <laughs> Phil Smith. Phil Smith. Phil Smith. Oh, dear. Just uh, invented a lift of <laughs> that I'm, one. I'm here with my good buddy, uh, Mike Tyson. <laughs> Bring that ear over here. I could do yeah, it a yeah, bit yeah. of a nibble. Uh, anyway, what are we uh, what are we getting to today, Chief? Mate, rework. Uh, yeah, the bane of uh, most people's existence. Mistakes out in the field. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think mistakes are bound to happen from time to time, uh, and there's some howlers for sure. Um, like someone not installing a drain correctly in an upstairs bathroom, you get a free shower downstairs, Happy which is days. always nice. <laughs> um, and I don't think they can ever be avoided 100%, right? But most people have no idea how much it actually costs them. Mm. and uh, what the financial implications of a mistakes are when rework is required to be done. It's massive. Those mistakes are huge, uh, and we can actually work out and calculate how much they're going to cost us. Uh, but there's also a bunch of other sort of non-monetary costs that happen as well, uh, which are a little bit harder to figure out, but they're just as annoying and frustrating. 100%, 100%. And I think if owners understood the real cost, they'd probably just actually spend more time getting their teams working well and focusing on getting it done right the first time which is always time well spent. And I'm yep. sure you got a story to kick us off here. I do. This is a, um, a swimming story. Uh, not that I'm a great swimmer, but I've done a bit of swimming. enjoy going well, for a swim. Just a little pre-frame here is that every time we go on a trip somewhere and there's a pool, Tony loves to tell us this story. I do uh, tell and, you this story. Every time, he, demonst- he says he's not a great swimmer, but he demonstrates his perfect swimming ability uh, courtesy of learnings from David Dugan. Yeah, my, my good mate David Dugan, yeah. uh, another great coach. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I remember David, we were talking about swimming, and uh, I uh, he was telling me how to you know swim more efficiently and, and better. So I put his, his uh, strategies into play, watched some videos on it. and uh, Anyway, long story short is uh, to swim 25 metres used to take me like maybe 22 strokes, you know. Yeah. Arms moving up and down and round about. Yeah. Uh, which was... All good. And I learnt uh, a new technique for swimming where you swim much longer, uh, you make yourself as long as the water is in the in the water as you can and sort of rotate so you're swimming on your side more because, you know, the longer you are, the quicker you go. If you've got two boats that are one's, you know, six feet and one feet's nine feet, give them the same energy, the nine foot one will go further. Yeah. Just a sort of a, a, some sort of physics thing, I think. <laughs> anyway, what happened was once I learned this, I could do the same distance in like fifteen or sixteen strokes, like way less strokes. Just as fast, slightly faster, mm. uh, with way less energy. It took a little bit of thought. Mm. Uh, I had to really concentrate, but amazing, and it felt great. It was, it was kind of fun. Mm. Uh, 
And I always love watching, you know, Olympic swimming where you see those uh, guys and girls, they're just motoring up and down the pool, but it looks like there's very little energy being yeah. uh, exerted. Their stroke, it actually looks like it's moving slower and it actually looks like they're kicking slower as well. But every piece of energy is packing way more punch. It's so efficient. If you watch me, I'm moving like a bat out of hell in the water and I'm still sinking to the bottom. I'm built like a rock, so it's not it's not much help. <laughs> yeah, it's like a but, washing uh, machine. I'm, I'm like the definition of swimming rework. <laughs> That's right. Well, that, why is this important? Well, you know, often what happens when we're busy, we're hustling to get work done, we're thrashing away, putting pressure on to really you know, push through the jobs, get the work out in the field done, get on to the next thing. And it can create a lot of rework because you know everyone's under pressure and kind of does things a little half-assed. Mm. But if you're a little bit slower, more considered, you're a lot smoother, uh, you'll find that things go better. Yeah, 100%. And I mean, if we look at this in uh, in real real world situations, I think you know the best way is just for us to walk through the cost of rework and, and mistakes out in the field because it'll, it'll help us understand what we're talking about. Yeah, and I apologise in advance. There's a few numbers here, but we'll do our best to make it, you know, uh, juicy because this is really flipping important to understand. Let, let's just look at the actual cost of the rework. So let's say, uh, you know, that's the labour and the materials. You've actually got to, and any subbies, you know, perhaps you've got to get back. Uh, that's got to be spent again. So let's say you have a job that you do that's worth $3,500. Yep. Could be any job, whatever. It doesn't really matter. And between the labour and the materials, it costs you $2,000. So your profit is $1,500 on the job. Yep. That's your gross profit. Uh, and that's that's a 42% gross profit, 1500 divided by three and a half K. Yep. Okay. It was a it was a complete balls up. And you've yeah. got to redo the job. Okay. And let's say you actually have to get the materials and the labor again, worst case scenario. Mm. So instead of the job costing you two thousand dollars, it now costs you four thousand dollars. Yeah. What's the revenue? Still three and a half. Three and a half. So you're down five hundred bucks. Yeah. Uh that's before you've paid any overheads or anything. You're down five hundred bucks on the job. Mm. So you're losing a lot of money already. Yeah, before you even really pay the rest of your expenses. So, yeah. I mean, that sucks. It really sucks. But uh, we're not finished yet. No. <laughs> because the wait, next there's thing, more. The wait, there's more. Uh, step right up, caller, because you've yeah. won the, the, the booby, booby prize. prize. <laughs> uh, which, in this case, is opportunity cost. So, the next thing is you can no longer do the next job uh, because that labour is already being used. So, rather than getting off to your next job, uh, afterwards, you're having to go back and fill that time redoing this one. So you miss out on another, let's say, $3,500 job, which costs $2,000 that would have had a profit of $1,500. So you miss out on that. And so really now, you're down the original $500 from the rework and having to pay again, plus the lost profit of $1,500, which has now put you to a $2,000 loss before you pay your overheads. So again, to reiterate, now you're down $2,000 before it even goes through the rest of your expenses. Yeah, so you're losing big time and uh, it's not good. It's not a good way to be profitable. Mm. Uh, but it actually gets worse. Yeah, there's more. Wait, there is there's more. even more. So to get that $2,000 profit back actually takes you $4,762 in revenue at a 42% margin to actually recoup that $2,000. Yeah. Uh, and you get that, uh, that's, that's a calculation, just trust me on that. Mm. Uh, you've got to do $4,762 in revenue at 42% to actually get the 2000 back. So it's that's a whole bunch more work you got to do as well before you're actually back in the place where you started with. Assuming that your GP is 42%, which is another job. assumption, yeah, right? For but sure. So that's the actual 
financial cost. It's mm. huge. Uh, there's a bunch of other costs as well, right, though? Yeah, there's heaps. Um, I mean, start with, uh, there's referral loss. So, you know, if you've got an original client that you were dealing with here and you've had to redo the job, they're likely to be pretty unhappy, right? I mean, they were promised something and that's not what they got. They actually got a balls up and now they've had to have it fixed. And um, so you actually have an unhappy job, uh, unhappy customer on the job that you couldn't do, which, you know, is opportunity cost. You're not going to get referrals from them and you're probably not going to get repeat work. Um, there's also a frustration loss. So, you know, how annoying and angry does this make you? Uh, honestly, when it happens, I I see it all the time. You know, it's very annoying. Uh, and, you know, do you bottle it up? Um, do you end up firing up at the team? You know, what happens to your blood pressure? What happens to your health, your stress levels? I mean, there's, there's a loss there. Massive. Right? I just want to go back to one of the points you made, which I, I think people forget. You know, clearly there's the referral loss from the person you did the job with. But as you said, that opportunity cost job, the one that you couldn't get to, you're not going to get the referrals from that either. No, because you had to put them off. Or the referrals from that one. Like there's a multiplying mm. effect that just goes out in, yeah. in time, uh, which works against you. Another huge cost is the scheduling uh, and admin loss. Yeah. So if you think about you've got your schedule set out and you have a, a mistake at a particular job, now that person is not going to want to wait three or four weeks into the future when you've got another slot in your calendar. Mm. And uh, you know, if you if you're running things right, you're not going to want them to wait as well because you want to get that job fixed as quickly as you can. So as soon as you can get the materials and stuff, so do you want to get back in there? So that means typically you've got to look at your schedule and reorganize your schedule. Now, you might be lucky and be able to move one job and switch a job out, but sometimes it's multiple jobs and there's a whole knock-on effect, uh, which is incredibly disruptive. Uh, not only that, sometimes the jobs that require rework. Might, you might need to work in with other contractors. Yeah. So they might be you know, on a larger job, house build, commercial project, where actually you need to do things in the, in, a, in the right sequence. And so then you're locked into when the other contractors, service providers, can actually come, mm. which is hard to control. Well, Tony, I was talking to one of our plumbing clients the other day, and uh, he'd had one of his team members, a couple of team members go out, and they were doing a bunch of underslabs, um, plumbing client. Yeah. Uh, plumbing and drainage, doing a bunch of underslabs, and they'd got each one slightly wrong. They'd done 16 so far. Each one was slightly wrong, and then they had to go back. They had to cut up all the concrete that had been poured because the slabs had been poured. They had to cut up all the concrete at their expense, which took days and days and days, then redo the job, then pay for the concreter to come back and redo the slabs. And so, I mean, like, they're not sort of 500 bucks or 2,000 bucks in the red. They're, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of bucks in the red, plus they've paid the other contractors, plus the opportunity cost wasn't like, you know, a few hours. It was weeks, weeks. That, that's a really important point. So the example that we gave is where there's no real remedial work that needs to be done when the mistake's made. Yeah. But if there is, and concrete's a classic example, and leaks are another example. If you're plumbing and there's a leak somewhere, often there's, you know, wall linings that need to be fixed or floors or painting or well, wallpaper. Free shower like we talked about, right? Free shower, yeah. whatever it is. You know, like there's a whole bunch of additional costs on top of uh, actually to do the remedial work and then that puts your loss even bigger, which means you need to do even more work to actually get that back. Yeah, plus like you lose credibility. Like in this case, that plumbing client, you know, loses credibility with the builder, right? He loses credibility with the other trades too. You know, that, that concreter you know, starts thinking, 
oh, you got to cut up all the work we did, eh? And then we got to come out and redo it. Like, Thanks very much. Sure, they get paid for it, but they also, you know, you lose credibility in their eyes and they talk. And, you know, it's it, it's a real knock-on effect here. Yeah, it's, so it's pretty it's, big. It's, it's huge. Uh, there's a bunch of admin stuff as well. Maybe you've got to get some more pricing and muck around, you know, different different um, stuff there can definitely have a huge impact. Mm. So in terms of, you know, we know that it's a huge cost and I, I think it's important to have the discussion so everyone can understand how much this costs because when you understand the implications, the pain it causes, that actually forces you to take some different behaviour, some different action yeah. uh, because um, you don't want this stuff to happen. And I think there's a cool thought process around this which relates to the swimming. Mm. Uh, and we know that you know slow is often really smooth and smooth is fast, which basically means that slow is fast. Yeah. Uh, and so often if you make haste, you make waste. Totally. You just create chaos. So here's a really good pointer. Don't, uh, don't underestimate quantities of labour. Mm. Don't be really bullish about how quickly you can get it done. Don't price work uh, as it was the best tradesperson doing, as if you were doing all the work. Mm. You know, definitely take the medium tradesperson. Allow enough time. You're better to allow a little bit extra time. Uh, now, obviously, you don't want to be crazy and you want to keep your guys accountable and, and let them know how much time they've got so they can work to that. Mm. But don't be tight yeah, because that can create all sorts of pressure and people start making mistakes. So you think you're actually winning by smashing the job out but you only need one or two of those to go south where there's just a bit much pressure and people take a shortcut for it to be a huge loss. Yeah, totally. It's, it's pretty important. And I mean, like, the thing is, is if you're doing that and you're allowing that extra time, you're gonna. the first thought you might think is, oh, but what about my margins? Now the job costs more. And I'm like, no, 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 you you on-sell that time to the client, right? Like, So you, you add in a little bit of extra time when you're estimating so there's enough time to take care and... You know, take advantage of the slow is smooth, smooth is fast, so slow is fast. Give them that time to actually be able to be fast because they're smooth, um, not have the rework. So with that, you obviously you on-sell it to the client, and if you're worried about that because the whole reason you're ha- you're making haste is to keep your margins low, just remember that the this is way easier to sell because you can sell certainty that there won't be any rework or callbacks. Uh, you can sell certainty that the job will be done right the first time. And if you're worried about you know, how to sell this to your client, then there's a real killer line here from Zig Ziglar, which uh, if is just the best at sales. I love Zig Ziglar. Um, but he, he always says, wouldn't you rather spend a little bit more than you thought rather than a little bit less than you should have? Um, and so it's a really, really good line um, to, to use during this process. Yeah, so you better to have a slightly higher price and take the pressure off. Yeah. Uh, we know that people don't respond well when they're under massive pressure all the time. Yeah, and, uh, and sustained pressure too. Susta- sustained it's job pressure. After job. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. that's that's huge. Uh, make haste, make waste. Go go uh, slow is fast. Yeah. So I suppose next thing on this is you know hire well, right? And I mean you know if we bring it right back to the start, if you hire really well and you're not taking the best of a bad bunch, you know, using the eleven step process that we advocate. Uh, you get the right people on board and, you know, they'll be more skilled, they'll take more initiative, um, you know, they'll work better as a unit and they'll just be more efficient, which means that they can take a little bit of extra time and still not blow out on hours because they're actually competent people that um, that care as well. Because well and, and with this this thing, you, you want to pay well for, for people. You want to pay at the top end of the market because a good person is worth two average people. Definitely. Because as you can see, the average people will make more mistakes and the cost for you is massive. So it's like that's why great people are so worth it because they make fewer mistakes. 
Yeah. And the mistakes is what, you know, financially really, really do you over. Totally, totally. And I suppose the next thing is once you've got the right people, you've got to induct them well. So, I mean, this is getting them right bought into your values and understanding what they are, which is super important because it's those values that are going to keep them looking at things the right way and taking the right kinds of actions and doing the best for you and for the client, uh, which is super important. It'll lead to better work. Uh, and on top of that, get them across all of your systems. You know, if you have QA checklists in place or you've got things in place that are going to help them to do the job the right way the first time, you know, get them across these systems and how to use them and how to do the type of work you do and work well within the team, communicate with each other and, and the likes. Teach them how to be a good player in your team because that'll, again, reduce mistakes drastically. And this follows on with training as well. So, you, you know, you spend some time actually upskilling the guys. Maybe you get them in the factory, the workshop, and show them how to install particular components or whatever it is that you, you need to do. Uh, you spend a bit of time on that because that, that time spent in advance will stop the mistakes. Another thing that, you know, something to think about, if you're a drag, jack of all trades, if you do all kinds of work, mm. then you're asking your team to have a very large skill set. And that can work sometimes in some situations it's good, but if you can have a slightly smaller amount of work and it's a bit more like a factory and it's a little more cookie cutter and it's kind of rinse and repeat, that can really help the guys get more skillful and, and make less mistakes because mistakes often happen when people are uncertain or unsure or it's new and they just don't quite know how to do it. So that's another way of actually you know, trimming down the mistakes. Yeah, and if we move on from that as well, like the flow-on effect from that is actually if you're focusing on fewer types of work, you become a true expert in the field, it's actually easier to market next thing, um, which is not so related, but the point is it's easier to market, it's easier to market yourself as an expert, it's easier to sell and it's easier to sell for a higher price, which allows you more time uh, allocation in the job, you can take time to provide the best service and get it right first time, which actually further reinforces you being an expert, expert. it's a real virtuous cycle here. Yeah, that, that's huge, and, and, and if you think about the cost of rework for your business, well, if you think about the cost of you having to do rework for any contractors you work with as well, and we've alluded to that, is massive. So yeah, if you can give them the confidence that you're going to do the job right the first time, you've got a track record of doing that, mm. probably going to be prepared to pay a little bit more if they've got any brains at all yeah. because they should understand how damaging rework is in their business. If you think if they're a head contractor or a general contractor, mm. building contractor, your mistake can bugger up their whole schedule with all of their contractors yeah, uh, and make them look like a numpty to their client. Well, think about the underslab example I was using before. I Crazy. mean, that would have thrown everything out on this whole development that they're doing. <laughs> I mean, they've got 16 houses that are now right back to the beginning when they should have been partway through. And the developer's going to have to pay a few extra weeks or month of, yeah. of interest on their loans to actually get this thing across the line. Everybody's mad. Plus, like, all the subsequent trades are all pushed out. Now, they all have gaps in their calendar. They're whinging back to the general contractor. It's, it's yeah, it's, it's massive flaunt. Um, which you know brings me to another thing you can do, which is have a really good QA process. So you know quality assurance. Um, you know QA checklists work really well here. Uh, if you do large project work, again like having regular check-ins, you know daily uh, stand-up meeting at the end of the day to see where you're at and where what's happened, what hasn't happened, and how you're going to fix it. Um, but you know using things like a QA checklist is really good because it helps people to you know not miss anything and to you know dot their eyes, cross their t's, um, and and take some real care. QA checklists are incredibly valuable and if you aren't familiar with what they are, they're basically a checklist written down the page of all the stuff you need to check to make sure this is done well. You know, right down to simple things like let's flush the toilet twice to make sure that it works. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, how often does something not get tested and the client's like, the toilet doesn't flush. It's like, bro, did you not actually check that? Oh, no, sorry, boss, I was yeah. busy. 
Exactly. It's like just simple stuff. I, I had to rush to the next job because we haven't had enough time on this one or that one. Yeah, yeah. and so yeah. it just lists down all the stuff that needs to be checked, and your supervisor checks that, and include a little bit of time in your estimates to do that. It actually doesn't take that much time. That's mm. about you know f- um, slow as fast. That's right. It's that little time investment on every job, small time investment, rather than having a large time waste having to redo the stuff that you missed. Right. So massive. It's, it's pretty crucial. Um, but I think, again, if we get a real good QA process in place, it, we can negate a lot of that and, um, and yeah, huge benefits. Yeah. So, yeah, a bunch of stuff we can do. Should we, uh, should we land this plane? Let's do it. So the cost of rework and mistakes is enormous. So you're much better to spend time investing and getting the job done the first time, going slow to go fast, drilling into your team and helping them do a better job so your rework is kept to a minimum and your profitability is going to grow significantly. Thanks heaps for listening. We'll catch you all again next time. See you later. Congratulations on being part of a select group of savvy business owners who are taking their businesses to the next level. And to help you on your journey, don't forget to check out our show notes for a copy of our free book, The Profitable Trady, and other valuable resources. Thanks for being a part of this special group, and we'll see you in the next episode of The Profitable Trady Podcast.